0: Price is what you pay, value is what you get. Warren Buffett. Welcome to Retire Mentorship, your mentor to and through retirement. I'm your host, Freeman Lindy, certified financial planner. Today, we discuss how the free advice you may be getting from various sources may be the most costly advice you could ever have. It's coming up on the Retirementership Podcast. First, the two minute tune in, primary points of the podcast, in about two minutes. There are various types of free advice that we could be getting, and we're going to be looking at three of them today. Number one, free resources. Number two, no fee advisors. And number three, value advisors. When it comes to free resources, many people think that this is the best bang for your buck. The resources are free, so how could they possibly cost you anything? But there are many costs to these free resources. Wasted time, paralysis by analysis, opportunity cost, conflicted advice, and straight-up bad advice are many of the results of these free resources. All these things can add up to massive costs, and we'll talk about how and why. The next category is no-fee advisors. It's a big in quotes, around the advisors, because often they're not advisors at all. The function of advice is to give advice, not to sell things and many of these so-called advisors are no more than representatives for the companies that they work for. While there might not be an obvious price tag on the services that they sell, they do have many costs. High investment fees, bad products, and again, bad advice, are all of the many potential costs that are associated with representatives. And then lastly, value advisors. The price for this advice may be steep, but does it actually cost you anything, or is it free? We'll be looking at all of those as we look at the true cost of free advice on the Retirement Ship Podcast. The true cost of free advice. We all want positive outcomes, but no one wants to pay for something they can get for free. Why would you? It feels like paying for something that you get for free elsewhere is a con. When it comes to making wise financial decisions, many believe they can learn how to make them for free. Today we're going to cover three types of free advice. Number one, free resources. Number two, no fee advisors. And number three, value advisors. Let me start right off the bat that when I say free advice, that's in quotes because it is ironic. It's not free when there are absolutely costs to it. Same with the free in resources and the no-fee in no-fee advisors. These are also used, ironically, because there are definitely fees associated with them and they are by no means free. Just because you don't pay for something doesn't mean that it's truly free. So let's look at each one of these and what I mean when we say that they are not free and look at the true costs behind these Three methods. Number one, free resources. Many people think they can seek out financial advice online or by reading books, articles, or discussion board posts. Certainly the worst of these is trolling the web for various articles and discussion boards that are absolutely free to the user, meaning they don't pay for it at all. Even further down the line, though, are books that maybe they do pay a price for and therefore think they're getting the best advice possible because they paid $16.99 on Amazon for a hardback book. For the purpose of this discussion, spending $20 is the same as free. When we want this type of free advice, we want it because we don't want to pay for it. So we find free or nearly free resources to consult instead. These are not free There are many costs to these, and we will look at these true costs one at a time. So, the five costs of free resources. Number one, wasted time. Time is money, and you may spend hours and hours researching finances. Much of that time may be wasted researching topics that don't actually apply to you. How do you sort through the thousands and perhaps tens of thousands of hours of content out there to find the content that actually applies to you directly? Some of it obviously doesn't apply, such as if you're 23 and you find an article on how to take required minimum distributions at age 72. But other ones are not so obvious, and it might be a while before you realize that it doesn't apply to you. Worse yet, you may find resources that are just plain wrong or that don't go into the depth needed for you to fully understand what is going, and even though the resource may not be wrong, your understanding or grasp of the concept is wrong. This may lead to decisions that are not great and costly in many ways. Cost number two, paralysis by analysis. Coming with you that much information can often cause procrastination and delays. How do you really put all these things into action when you're learning this much content? Many people fall into the knowledge trap. They know so much, they think it's the same as doing. That's easy for me to do, as I listen to a lot of books and podcasts and read quite a bit. And it's easy to fall into this sense of expertise because I know a lot, but to not actually implement any of it. Knowing things without doing anything about it is the same as not knowing So we can be lulled into a false sense of financial superiority by thinking that because we know a lot about finances, we actually have a good financial situation. We may learn a lot from these free resources, but if we continue to procrastinate on actually doing things, that will cost us. Without clear recommendations on what we should do, you may do nothing, missing out on beneficial actions or protective actions that will ultimately cost you Number three, opportunity costs. The best strategies for your situation may be missed, and then opportunities you could have taken are a real cost now. I see this a lot with people who are self-taught and who genuinely know quite a bit about finances. They have felt like they've done an excellent job with their finances over the years, and then only when they reach a new stage of life do they seek professional guidance. Often they come in just wanting a few tips or a few tricks or a little bit of confirmation on what they've already done. And while they certainly get some of that, there are also often massive opportunities that they've missed, and it is costing them big time in the meantime. These are real costs, like taxes every single year that are paid on extra because there is no tax planning Extra insurance premiums on insurances they don't need or on overinsurances or insurances through the wrong companies. Overpaying for services like getting a will and legal documents because they didn't know that superior documents were available elsewhere for a better value. These opportunity costs are real opportunities that have real costs to them, either in money actually paid or in money that could have been saved but aren't, because we didn't know the best strategies. you have heard that the enemy of great is good, and many people come up with good information from reading free resources, but not necessarily great information. Free resources can give way to opportunity costs. Number four, conflicted advice. Many of these free resources are ad supported or have embedded affiliate links. Now, these are not bad, But let's face it, nobody is in business for free. They make money by directing you towards certain products or services through affiliate links or sponsors, or by trying to hold your attention with gimmicky strategies and articles and content in order for you to view the most amount of ads. These contribute to the time-wasting element of combing the internet or books for information and provide a conflict of interest is the products or services that the article or website or book is recommending, is it actually best for you and your situation, or does it just make them a kickback when you click the link or sign up with the sponsor? Again, these things are not necessarily bad, and they may even be good, but they may not. The websites you're reading or the books you're reading are not conflict-free. They have their ways of making money and those ways don't always align perfectly with what's best for you and your situation. And number five, bad advice. There is plenty of genuinely bad advice on the internet and even books. If you take it, there will be consequences. Costly ones. I don't think I need to explain too much about how there could be bad advice online. The whole don't believe it just because you read it online certainly applies to financial advice. But even books can be misleading. There are many books about finances out there that are not great. There are whole books designed to convince you that permanent life insurance or annuity products are the best thing since sliced bread. If you've read these books and didn't read enough of the other strategies that are out there, you'd be convinced that these are amazing products and that you should get one. Just because the book is published doesn't mean it's good advice. And if you thought you were doing a great thing by buying a $12 book instead of hiring a true professional, but then it ended up costing you thousands of dollars in bad advice, that didn't save you anything. There were real costs, true costs to that free advice measured in hundreds if not thousands of dollars. Free resources are rarely free. That brings us to our second category, the no-fee advisors. There are two types of advisors out there, fee-based advisors and no-fee advisors. That's, again, a big quote around the no-fee advisors. One, because there are fees, there's no such thing as no-fee, and two, around the advisors. To me, advice seems like something that should be just that, advice, helping people to make the best of what they have with good strategies and making good decisions, not in the selling of products. That's sales, not advice. But there are many people going around still calling themselves advisors who are no more than representatives or reps of the companies that they work for. There was some legislation that went into effect in the summer of 2020 that actually requires that anyone who uses the term advisor, financial advisor, in the U.S. is supposed to have specific licenses and be able to charge for advice. However, there's still many people that don't have the right licenses, are not charging for advice, and instead are just selling products who still use the term. These are not advisors. They're representatives. And again, there's nothing wrong with representing a company and selling the products that it sells, except for when you pretend to be a nonpartisan, non-biased advice giver. Think of it this way. If you go on to the lot of a Toyota dealer, do you expect them to give you an honest opinion of all the other cars that are out there? Do you expect them to say, well, based on your situation, your family, a Honda actually would probably be the best in your situation? Of course not. They work for Toyota. They are there to sell Toyotas. They are there to convince you that Toyotas are the best thing since sliced bread, which may or may not be the case. But no one expects them to be unbiased about all the cars that are out there. Now think of it this way. Suppose there was a company that claimed to represent you, the buyer, not any car companies. They weren't a dealer, but rather an advisor on cars. They would sell lots of cars, yes, but they sold all types of cars and their whole marketing was around how they would talk to you, figure out what you want exactly, and then recommend the best possible car across all brands for you specifically. Then you would expect someone who claims to do that to do that. If you then found out later on that Even though they claim to give advice on all cars, they really are paid massive kickbacks and promotions to sell one brand of car only. That is where there's red flags. So again, if you are branding yourself as an insurance agent working for an insurance company and you are there to sell that insurance, that's one thing. That's fine. It's a completely different thing when you claim to be an advisor, giving advice in the best interest of clients, and then turn around and sell products that you were required to sell without disclosing to the client that you were required to sell them. So let's look at these no-fee advisors or no-fee reps and see what exactly is the true cost of working with them. Many people wanting to avoid paying anything out of pocket or up front for advisors will choose these no-fee reps. But of course, no one is working for free. Here are the potential true costs of no-fee reps. Number one, high investment fees. No-fee reps need to sell products to get paid. If you're not paying them a fee, how else are they making money? They must sell products. And commission-based products often have much higher fees since they need to pay the product company and the reps' commission. These higher fees can drag down the performance of these products over years. More money in their pocket, less in yours. Even good product categories, such as equity mutual funds, can be dragged down by additional fees in the commission-based world. It may not cost you anything out of pocket, but it is costing you much more out of your actual funds and accounts, and the total fees are often much higher. Higher fees inside of your investments may present a larger cost than hiring someone outright. Number two, bad products. The highest paying commission products are usually the worst for clients. Since they only need to operate under a suitability model, financial reps can recommend anything as long as it's suitable for you. In case you forgot, the fiduciary model means that they must recommend things that are in your best interest. Even if option B pays the advisor more, if option A is better for you, they have to recommend option A. Anyone charging a fee for advice, for planning, for true planning, must be under the fiduciary model. They must recommend things that are best for you. But no fee reps who you're not charging a fee for only have to operate under the suitability model. They can recommend anything to you as long as it fits your situation. doesn't have to be best for you. And so they can recommend the highest paying products that you will buy. These products often have massive internal expenses in order to, A, again, pay the massive commissions they're paying to the reps to sell them and also to pay the companies who produce these products. So the rep may recommend very expensive products like whole life insurance or universal life insurance or some kind of annuity In your attempt to avoid paying a financial planning fee, you are instead paying thousands and thousands of dollars in fees every year on these products that you purchased at the recommendation of a rep. I've seen it over and over again where the fees are much, much higher than they would have paid any good financial planner to create a plan for them. All of those hidden fees stack up much faster than express fees, It is much better to know what your fees actually are and know that the value you're getting is higher than them than to have hidden fees where you're not sure. The bad products that are often sold by no-fee representatives are much, much more expensive than any good plan or strategy. And number three, bad advice. I have seen some genuinely terrible advice dispensed by some of these reps. Usually, it's piggybacked on some bad product. For example, reduce funding this Roth IRA to pay for a universal life policy. Now, not only do you have all the costs of the bad product that we just talked about in the last section, but also the opportunity cost of the better Roth. What that Roth could have done, if invested properly over decades, far outpaces whatever product they just recommended you have both the real costs of the bad product and the opportunity costs of what they told you to stop doing. Or, for example, don't pay off your house, but instead buy this annuity. I've seen this often, where someone might have a lump sum and they're wondering if they should pay off their house. And instead of paying it off, they say, no, simply put it in this annuity and you'll have guaranteed payments for life and you'll always be guaranteed to be able to make your housing payments, so this is a better option. The math usually says no on these. Again, not only are you paying the cost of the hefty fees on these annuities that will net a 1.5% return, but also costing the client 3% on their mortgage instead of being able to pay that off. When you are only paid to sell products, all your recommendations are around selling products. Toyota sales reps don't get paid when they recommend you buy a Honda across the street and financial reps don't get paid when they recommend you do things other than buy their products. Am I universally condemning all financial products and all people who sell them? No, there are some good products out there, and there are some great, trustworthy sales reps out there, just like there are in any sales industry. But in my experience, there are few and far in between, and the vast, vast majority of financial products are terrible at least one compared to genuinely good planning and strategies. High investment fees, bad products, and bad advice can all stack up and represent massive costs to people trying to save a buck by listening to a no-fee representative, than paying for good, genuine financial advice. No one works for free. You should know all the ways that they get paid and exactly how they get paid. You should know the fees of the products you are paying for and the alternatives. The free advisor may cost you the most. And finally, the last section, value advisors. The best employees are free. As an employer, it's easy to think of team members as an expense. I do sign the check each month after all, and I see the money leaving. In the accounting software, that transaction is labeled as an expense. Then I read that phrase. I don't remember where it was, but some author was discussing how some employees are a cost. They come in late, sneak on their phones while at work, and leave early. They're not engaged, and they turn over, costing more money to find and replace them. They may have a smaller paychecks, but they have the larger cost. Then there are your best team members, engaged and enthusiastic, with a high level of dedication and competence. These employers require a big paycheck because they are in high demand. But here's the kicker. Your best team members may have the biggest paychecks, but they are actually free. Your best team members generate far more revenue for your business or save far more costs than goes out in their paycheck. Those team members, properly applied, don't cost you money. They make you money. The price is high, but the cost is zero. You make the money. The best employees are free. The value advisor is free. The price isn't free. Far from it. The price may even introduce a little sticker shock. But the value is much, much higher than the price. When you make more money by paying someone else, that person is free. This is the kind of free advice we want. Advice worth many multiples of the fee. Advice that saves you more money, makes you more money, provides more peace of mind and confidence, overcomes procrastination, and saves you time and capacity. Advice that lets you live your life while producing better outcomes in the background. That's the quote-unquote free advice you want. What if you stopped paying $5,000 per year in insurance premiums, and you paid it once for a full plan based on strategy, not products? And what if ongoing accountability to achieve that strategy and ongoing guidance and a change in landscape was only $2,000 per year thereafter? Then you could invest that $3,000 back into the plan recommendations, which of course would consist of low-cost investments that weren't dragged down by fees and guarantees. Then you could reinvest your time spent trying to keep up with your financial world back into your kids, grandkids, work, and passions. Value advisors are worth the price. If you listened to last week's episode on how to find a good planner, and you follow steps and you went to wiseradvisor.com or some other site, and you looked up advisors, and perhaps you called some of them or emailed some and had a few meetings, and they gave you the price to work with them. And perhaps that shocked you at first because you've been used to getting all of your advice for free not seeing the hidden costs behind it i want you to think about this the best employees are free and the best advisors are free could the sum of all their values be worth many multiples of whatever they are charging you are already paying some costs there is already much cost to whatever you're doing financially even wasted time, paralysis of analysis, opportunity costs, conflicted advice, bad advice, high investment fees, bad products, and again, bad advice. You are already paying for financial advice. The cost is already there. Is it the value? Is what you're getting for all those fees and costs more than what you are paying? If they have to hide the costs and the fees inside of a product... Can it really be worth it? Why do they have to hide it if it's truly valuable? In my experience, advisors that are forthwith with their fees and tell you exactly what it would cost and what you get out of it, those are the ones where the value is worth much more than the fee. And when the value is higher than the fee, the cost is free. Sometimes the initial price or lack throughout can be misleading. Those that have a price cost less, and those with no price cost far more. Perhaps it's time to add to Warren Buffett's famous line, price is what you pay, cost is what you lose, and value is what you get. Make sure that the price and the cost are the same, that you know what you are actually paying and what you are getting, and make sure that the value is higher than both. It is one of my passions to see everyone getting genuinely good advice and guidance for a price that is far less than the value of that same advice and guidance. If you want someone to provide that advice and guidance, you have two options. You can go listen to last week's episode on how to find one, or you can schedule a time with us. Link to schedule that will be in the description. If you have things you want to do, and you want to make sure that you are getting the best advice and guidance possible so that you can make the most of the resources that you have been given, that you have earned, we are here to help. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is educational only, and is not intended to be investment, legal, or tax advice, or recommendations, whether direct or incidental. Again, this is not investment advice. Consult your financial, tax, and legal professionals for specific advice related to your specific situation. Never take investment advice from someone who doesn't know you in your specific situation. All opinions expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the speakers expressing them. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Retirement Mentorship is not affiliated with or controlled by any registered investment advisor, broker-dealer, or other financial services company.